Well, welcome to H12, guys. It's good to be here with you tonight. My name is Blake, if you don't know me. Uh, thank you. I'm one of the student pastors here at 12 Stone, and uh, man, I- I'm really excited to get to be here with you guys tonight. Derek is not here, so I'm grateful that he would kind of let me fill in in his place. Um, a few things you should know about me. One, uh, I cannot do as many push-ups as Derek Idle. That was a legal requirement for me to be able to get up here and talk to you tonight. He had to make me promise I would say that I cannot do as many push-ups as Derek Idle. That's true. Um, Also, I'm not going to uh, talk to you as long as Derek normally would. Derek will get up here. He may talk for two hours on a given night. It's great. But for me, I just tend to go a little bit shorter. So if you normally, like, get up and do, like, a 10-minute bathroom break, you're probably going to, like, miss the whole thing. You'll come back and be like, why is everyone gone? It's, that's just going to be a little bit shorter tonight, so just buckle up, prepare yourself for that. And uh, before I actually even get started and jump into what we're talking about, I wanted to recognize a few people in the room really quickly. If you're like me, uh, you show up to H12 every Tuesday night. You love it. It's awesome. It's amazing. One of the reasons that H12 is so amazing, the way that we do so many of the things that we do, is we have tons of amazing adult volunteer leaders who show up here every week doing everything from check-in to leading groups. And so I wanted to just take a moment and just make some noise and clap and appreciate our volunteer leaders that we have every here, here every week. SpongeBob, too. He's, he's also a meaningful part of this ministry. But seriously, thank you to our volunteer leaders. We could not do what we do here without you guys. So week two of Activate. Derek kicked the series off last week in week one. This is week two. And really, my whole goal for tonight, my whole goal is just to help you guys answer one question. There's one question that I want us to answer. And it's simply this. Am I a fan or am I a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? It's there in your notes. If you're following along, you can fill in the blanks. Am I a fan or am I a follower? That's the question tonight. And before we can really even answer this question, I've got to give you a little bit of context to maybe what it even looks like. I want to paint a picture for you of what a fan looks like and what a follower looks like. So I'm going to do this by sharing kind of a a really a devastating memory from my own life, and, and I'll just be upfront with you. I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. No. Uh, no one cheer. Nobody cheer. No one cheer. Thank you. I, I just always have been. I, I was born in Georgia. I have no choice. One guy, yeah, okay. It, it's painful. It, it really is. But I've been an Atlanta Falcons fan my entire life, and a few years back, I made the decision. I said, this year, this year, I'm going to be more than a fan of the Falcons. I said, I just made the commitment. I said, this year, I'm going to be more than a fan. I want to elevate to the next level. Like, I want to be a follower of the team. I want to follow the team. And so for this particular season, I said, I'm going to watch every game. So every Sunday, I'm watching every single Falcons game. I'm watching every post-game interview. I'm reading online articles. I'm listening listening to the radio. No one even listens to the radio. I'm listening to the radio to listen to news talking and the Falcons on the radio. I'm doing everything I can to follow the Falcons. I went above and beyond. And the Falcons were actually doing pretty good this particular year. They're actually doing all right. And so midway through the year, I told my dad, I said, hey, dad, I said, get ready. I said, get ready for what? I said, this year, 
me and you are going to an Atlanta Falcons playoff game. Their season was going well. We kind of knew they were going to make the playoffs. So I said, Dad, me and you are going to go to a playoff game for the Falcons. So start saving your money. I'm going to save mine. I'm going to work a few extra hours. I'm going to sacrifice some stuff with my time, and I'm going to save up the money to buy a Falcons ticket. You buy yours. We'll make it happen. So we do through the whole year. We, we save up. We put the time aside. I work the extra hours. Finally, the season ends. And for some of you, you're not even football fans. You don't care at all. But just know this. The Falcons ended the season. They were the number one ranked team in the NFL going into the playoffs. So it's, it's a big deal. They're the number one ranked team. So me and my dad, of course, were excited. We get in the car. We're driving down to the Georgia Dome, the playoff game. We're getting hype in the car. We got the music loud. You know, this is, this is game day. Let's go. Come on. We're going down. We're so excited. We get, we park. We park down in Atlanta. We get out, and we're walking down the streets. And, I mean, everybody is out on the streets. They've got their Falcons gear on. People are chanting in the streets. There's all kind of, everyone's in there. I mean, it's like, this is the most amazing experience for someone who's been following the team all year. you got to understand, this is huge for me. We're going down. We get into the dome. The dome is so loud. It's so, the, just the atmosphere is electric. As Derek Idle would say, it's off the heezy fo sheezy. okay? Like the, the, the dome is incredible. We get to our seats. The Falcons actually score the first touchdown of the game. And I just remember thinking, like, this is, this is one of the best moments of my life. You ever have a moment like that where, like, you're close to tears, but, like, you really shouldn't be? You know what I mean? Like, I'm about to cry at a Falcons game right now. It was that intense. So excited. The game is it's just going awesome. For me, following it all year, it couldn't have been better. By the end of the third quarter, the score was Packers 42. Don't woo. Do not woo for the Packers. Another time when I will cry. Packers, 42. Falcons, 14. That's at the end of the third quarter. Still a whole quarter of football left to play. And I remember as they put on that final touchdown in the third quarter, even though there's still 15 minutes left, there's still a whole quarter of football left in the game, people started to get up, started to leave the stadium. I started to, I started to see all these people, all these Falcons fans who were so excited at the beginning, all of a sudden, it looks hopeless. We're probably going to lose. They start heading out. And I just remember in that moment thinking, like, this is separating the fans from the followers right now. Like, all the fans who are just kind of bandwagon fans who were in it when it was good, when we were excited, when we thought we thought were going to win and be the best team, they were all now leaving. And the only people left in the stadium were the true followers of the Falcons and a lot of fans of the Packers. It was, it was miserable. But I remember I was watching everybody just seeing all these fans leaving. My dad, he kind of looked at me. He's like, son, well, what do you want to do? You want, you want to head out? It's like, no, Dad. We're not, you came We're not leaving. We're followers. We're not just these casual fans. Also, I spent $300 on these tickets, so I'm not leaving to the very end of the game. I will enjoy a $20 hot dog before I go. You know what I mean? Like, I, I paid for this experience. But I remember so clearly in that moment just thinking, man, this is the difference between fans and followers. The followers are there to the end of the game no matter what. The fans are going to leave. You know, when it gets tough, when it gets difficult, the fans took off. And so that may give you guys just a little bit of a picture. As we talk about fans and followers, know that that's a little bit of the picture that we're working with. But the truth is, reality is, for a lot of us in here, we're fans of a lot of different things, right? Like when we talk about being a fan of things, just kind of liking things, even just casually like being on board with stuff, we like a lot of different stuff. For example, like sports, for example. Is anyone in here a college football fan? We got any college football fans in the house? Some of you. 
We've got college football fans. We've got a lot of fans. Music. People are fans of music. Even, I want to take it a step further. Anybody in here a Justin Bieber fan? Got some Bieber, Bieber fans? Some believers? Yes. So we got some believers. And then, okay, and then even going a step further, like, just, just so you can be a fan of anything. When it comes to food, who in here is a Chipotle fan? Anybody a Chipotle fan? For me personally, listen, for me personally, I am a huge Chipotle fan. I would eat it every day. Steak bowl, double steak bowl, that's the way to go. Don't question it. Double steak in the bowl. When you go through the line, you get your first scoop of steak. Never tell them that you want double steak. Act like you want steak in the bowl. Get your first legit scoop of steak. And then you say, actually, I'm going to get double steak. That way they give you two legit scoops. If you say double steak up front, they give you little scoops because they know you're getting double steak. That was for free. If you go to Chipotle, you know how to get a double steak bowl now. But the truth is, guys, we are fans of all kind of stuff. When it comes to food, sports, music, we're, we're fans of a lot of things. Being a fan doesn't really cost you anything. But when it comes to being a follower, we can really only follow a few things. Being a follower takes a lot more than it does to simply be a fan. Now, I know you're probably thinking in here like, man, when you hear the word follower, we immediately think of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Like, I can follow a thousand things online. But listen, for tonight, I, I want to kind of redefine the word follower. Not, not just like, okay, you click a button and you follow something, but to be a follower in the way we're going to talk about it tonight means that you would actually change your life for the thing that you follow. See, being a follower means that you actually move around things in your life, maybe how you spend your time or how you spend your money or, or your priorities or what you do with your life. It actually changes based on what you follow. So, so there's, a, there's a difference between being just a fan of something and being a follower. And so now that you've got a little bit of a, a, little bit of a picture for, for the difference between a fan and a follower, I want to start with our scripture for tonight. We're going to jump in in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we find Jesus and the disciples in, in the beginning of John chapter 6. And at this time, Jesus is at a very popular state in his ministry. I mean, he's kind of like the, the cool guy to be around right now. Actually, if you look at the very first, uh, the very first verse of John chapter 6, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw signs he, they saw the signs he performed by healing the sick. So right now, you got a picture. Jesus, he's healing sick people. He's performing signs. He's doing miraculous things. And he's got a big crowd following him because of it. There's a lot of people who want to be around the guy who's healing the sick, who's doing miracles. He, he's very popular. So people are following him all over. And, and now, imagine this. As he's already the coolest thing there is, he's already got all the crowds following him. Then, in addition to that, Jesus goes and performs another miracle that we know today as the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus miraculously multiplied some loaves of bread and fish to feed thousands of people. And so he's already got a big crowd. Now he does this huge miracle where he feeds everybody. So everyone's going, dude, this guy's handing out free food. He's doing miracles. This is the guy to, like, be around and to follow. So his, the crowd that's following him is huge at this point. And check out what Jesus says. As he's got just this massive crowd following him, he, he stops for a minute, and he, he, kind of, he kind of calls him out. In verse 25, it says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, 
you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So in other words, right here, Jesus kind of, he kind of just calls some people out. He's got a lot of people who are following him, a lot of the people in the crowd who are just coming after Jesus. And when they go up to him, he says, look, you're not really following me because you want me. You're not really following me because you want, you want to know me. You're just following me because you got some bread, because you got some food. You're just following me because of the miracles and the physical things. That's, that's all you're in it for. You're not really in it for me. He, he calls these guys out. It's kind of a bold move there. And I think it's only fair for us to ask the same question of ourselves. Ask the same question of ourselves. You show up here on a Tuesday night. You show up to H12. Is it for Jesus? Is the reason that you show up here on a Tuesday night, is it because you show up saying, you know what, I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to experience Jesus here. Or if you're being honest, is it kind of just coming for the physical things? Do you show up here on a Tuesday night because, hey, man, that's, that's where my friends are. My friends are going, so I'm going to go. Or that, that's kind of where the crowd is. It's kind of thing to do, so I want to go to it. Or there's a girl that I'm interested in there. There's a guy that I'm interested in there, so I'm going to go to age 12 for, for that. Or... Or is it, is it really, hey, I, no, I want to go and experience God. I want to experience Jesus. And look, if you're here tonight and you're saying, yeah, my friends invited me. That's why I showed up. Or I'm here because there's a girl that I'm interested in. That's probably how 90% of the guys in this room started coming to church because there was some girl. Like, that's just reality. If that's the reason that you're here, that's okay. But here's what you got to know. is Jesus saying just because you show up, just because you're a part of the crowd, it doesn't mean you're a follower. Just because you show up on a Tuesday night, just because you're following the giant crowd, it doesn't make you a follower. And so he kind of questions their motives and says, why are you really following me? He continues on. It gets, it gets even more difficult. Jesus' teaching, uh, he, he starts to deliver a teaching that the Bible describes as a teaching that's hard to accept. His teaching gets a lot more difficult. He's not just handing out bread and, and, and drinks. He's not just doing miracles now, but he's actually he's actually getting more into the hard teaching. He's getting more into the difficult things to understand. He starts talking about his body as the bread, his blood as wine, and people are kind of getting confused. Like, what is this guy talking about? His disciples even say this. If you keep reading down to verse 60, the disciples say, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So they're listening to Jesus say these things, and they're going, man, I don't know. This isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. This didn't feel the same. This doesn't feel the same way it did like a while back when all the crowds were kind of piling in. This is getting kind of difficult. This is getting kind of challenging. Jesus continues on. It says verse 65, he went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. See, what happens here, many of his disciples who, who were following after Jesus, a lot of the people who were just in the crowd, they start to hear the words are changing. Things are getting a little more challenging, and they start turning back. A lot of the crowds start turning back. And so you, you can kind of picture it in your head, right? You've got this massive crowd around Jesus, and, and almost, almost just like if you've ever been at a sporting event where people start to see, hey, the team's losing, let's head out, let's beat traffic. And those first, those first people from the crowd start to say, hey, man, this is getting a little too challenging, let's leave. And then slowly the crowd begins to trickle out and everyone begins to walk away. All the people who were just the fans who were there are now gone, and all that's left is Jesus' disciples. This is what he says to his disciples. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. 
Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So this this whole crowd that's following Jesus, massive crowd, full of people, tons of momentum, exciting, fun. And they're all gone. They all trickle away except for Jesus' 12 disciples. And when he asked them, do you guys want to go too? They say, we don't have anywhere else to go. We know. We believe in you. We weren't here for the crowd, in other words. We were here because of you. We weren't just here for the bread or the physical things or because it was the cool thing. We are here because of you, Jesus. And if you're here tonight and you're trying to figure out this whole fan or follower thing, this is really the bottom line tonight, is that fans, they chase the crowds, but followers chase Christ. You see, in this story, the fans, they were, there was a lot of fans there. They were all there because the crowd was there, because it was the fun thing, because everyone was around, everyone was doing it, but the followers were there because of Jesus. So when the crowd left, it didn't really matter to them because they said, we're here for Jesus. We're here for Christ. That's, that's the end of the day. That's what we're here for. It's a challenging question to ask ourselves. If everybody else who we knew, if all the crowds at age 12 went away or all the crowds at 12 stone started to go away and go do something else, what would you do? Would you be in that last kind of circle of the 12 guys who's standing there with Jesus saying, no, I'm, I'm here for Jesus? I wasn't here for the crowd. I wasn't here because it was the cool thing. I wasn't here for the bright lights or for the giveaways. I was here for Jesus, and I'm going to stay here because I'm here for Jesus. It's a challenging question to ask ourselves. And the truth is, it's a lot easier, guys. It's a lot easier to be a fan than it is to be a follower. It's a lot easier. Just to kind of come in, hey, it's a cool thing. It's not, I'm out. But this is the reality, is that fans always miss out on the glory. Fans always miss out on the best part. They just do. The fans who just kind of turn away when things get a little bit challenging, they always miss out on the best part because the followers, they push through the tough part, and on the other side, they have a reward. They have a relationship that's deeper and stronger and better than what they could have ever had before. But the fans who walk away, they leave early. They miss out on the best part. They miss out on the glory. I wish, oh, I wish, I wish... What I'm about to show you guys could have happened at the Falcons game I was at. It didn't, sadly, because Falcons are the Falcons. But what happened to these Miami Heat fans illustrates this perfectly. Miami Heat's down in a playoff game. They look like they're out of it. And what happens is, sure enough, tons of fans start to pour out of the stadium thinking the game's over. We got a minute clip. Just check it out. 28 seconds left, the Heat down by five. Behind Spurs guard Manu Ginobili, you can see them. Fans bailing. Some filing out past a stone-faced Pat Riley. I started seeing all these people leave when we have about 30 seconds left. And I was like, you can't walk out on the Heat. But they did, and guess what? Game six. They went back in for this. Just went into overtime. And everyone is trying to get back in. Let us in. We have our tickets. This history in the making. You can see them running back to the arena, but no re-entry, shut out. Watching those final golden moments on a monitor through a glass door. 
Hardcore fans venting on sports radio. All those heat haters out there that thought uh, it was all over 30 seconds uh, before the game was over, well, here's a surprise for you, baby. Miami's back in it. But it did reinforce the stereotype that we have in Miami of short attention span. We like the sparkly things. We're bandwagon. And I think this team deserved more than what it got last night. Even a Miami-Dade Circuit Court judge in court today, proud of the fact that she stuck it out Wednesday night. I feel bad for them because they missed they missed an incredible incredible ending to the game and uh, they'll regret it for the rest of their lives and the attitude of the players oh well for all those guys who left you know make sure they don't come to game seven we only want the guys who are going to stay in the building for the whole game you give them a small pass because traffic is, is pretty hellacious in, in miami but uh they missed out in a uh, in a historic finish Wish I wish that could have happened at the Falcons game, but sadly it didn't. Can you imagine being one of those fans? You've got a ticket to this playoff game, but you leave early because you think it's over, and then you're coming back, and you're having to watch this historic game through the glass, standing outside. Like, I don't even think, like, the worst part is watching it through the glass. The worst part is just the shame of, like, you left early. Like, those guys just should have gone home at that point. But the, the, the whole point is this. The fans are always miss out on the glory. If you're just a fan who's part of the crowd and, hey, when it gets tough, I'm out, you'll always miss out on the glory. It's true in sports, and it's true spiritually too. It's true in our faith. The whole crowd that was around Jesus, a lot of the fans that walked away, they never got to experience the things that the, that the disciples did. They didn't get to see the things that they saw because they left early. Because when it got challenging, they bailed. It Here's the real challenge, I think, is we live in a world that says this. If it feels good, do it, which makes the inverse true. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it feels good, do it, and if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Just quit. Give up. It's not worth doing. If it's not, if it's not fun, if it's not something you enjoy, stop doing it. And the problem with that is sometimes we can carry that over to our faith. We can carry over this attitude, hey, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And I cannot tell you the amount of conversations that I've had with students, high school students, even college students, who say, man, I started out on this whole relationship with God thing. I started out on this whole Jesus thing, and it was going really good at first. Like, it felt awesome. I just felt like God was close to me. I just felt like everything was going right. I mean, it just felt so good, and everything felt and feels, and it's awesome. But then what happens? It starts to feel a little different. Things change now all of a sudden. It's, it doesn't feel the same way that it used to. It, it doesn't have that same feeling that maybe it initially did. And if you're not careful, we'll say, hey, it doesn't feel the same way, so I'm actually going to leave now. It doesn't, it doesn't feel the same way it felt in the beginning, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out. I'm not going to be here anymore. It's not quite how it was. I don't get the same feeling, so I'm out. Here's what you got to know. If you're in this room and you're following Jesus... There is going to come a time, if there hasn't already, when you do not feel like doing it. There's going to come a time when you don't feel like following Jesus, where it doesn't feel good, where it doesn't feel like something that you want to do, where it's not fun, where everyone around you is not doing it too, where it feels like you might be the only one doing it. And if, you're, if your whole faith, if your whole relationship with God is just based off of the feeling that you have and you really are just doing what feels good, then in those moments when you don't feel it anymore, you're going to say, all right, I'm out, I'm walking away. 
But when we talk about fans and followers, followers don't walk away when it doesn't feel good. See, followers know their faith is, is more than just a feeling. It's more than just something that, hey, I'm feeling this way, so I'm doing it. It's more than that. Followers are chasing Christ, and when things get difficult and the score is lopsided and it looks like the team's going to lose, they don't say, hey, I'm out of the stadium. No, they say, I'm here to stay. I'm chasing Christ no matter what. It's the difference between fans and followers, and fans always miss out on the glory. They always miss out on the best thing that followers get when they push through to the other side. And so my, my hope and, and my prayer for really everyone in this room is that we would be followers, that we wouldn't just be in it because the crowd's in it. We wouldn't just be in it because it's the cool thing to do or because people are watching that we know. We would be in it because we're after Jesus. And so I want to give you guys a few steps because when it comes to following, that's really how you do it. It's step after step after step. So I want to give you guys, just from my perspective, what may be a few ways, just really three simple, practical ways that you can follow after God, that you can even go a step further than just being a fan who shows up and, and then leaves or is here every now and then, but ways that you can actually follow God over this summer. And so the first step is, is actually pretty simple. If you're taking notes, it's to attend H12. Attend H12. And you may say, man, that's, that's pretty simple. But the reason I put it in there is because I know the summer can be a really challenging time. You've got a crazy schedule. You've got all kind of things going on. And it can be easy to say, ah, I think I'll just pass on H12 this week. Or I don't know. My, I don't think some of my friends are going, I'm not going to go this week. Or I, I don't know. I'm, I've kind of, you know, taken a break from school. Maybe I'll take a break from church too. So my, my challenge for you is don't, don't do that. Don't give in to the, hey, just because some people aren't there, I'm not going to go. But faithfully keep coming to H12 this summer. We're here every week. And now, look, I'm not saying that you can never miss. I'm not sitting here like, if, you know, I missed my grandma's 99th birthday because I never miss H12. Like, don't be ridiculous about it. Of course, you're going to have times when you can't be here. But overall, don't, don't miss if you don't have to. Keep attending. The second thing, really practical step, is to study God's word. This is a simple one, and especially when you think about the summer, you've got a ton of extra time. You've got school off, some of you have sports off. Take the time to actually study in God's word. And this one is, in my opinion, super important because this is something that you do when nobody else is around. And that's really a follower move. See, fans are all about the crowd. They're all about everybody's here, everybody's doing it. But followers are, hey, this is between me and Jesus. And so when you get into the Bible, you open it up on your own. Even if it just starts as five minutes reading off a Bible app on your phone, that's great. That's a start. That, that's what followers do. They, they pursue Jesus even if people aren't around. Third thing, third practical step is register for NTS camp. That deserves at least a couple woos. NTS camp, if you have never been, is sick nasty. <laughs> NTS camp is an incredible time, but get this, guys. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a fan thing. It's not easy. It costs some money, and it takes some time. For some of you, it, it may be actually saying, Mom, Dad, what can I do to help make some money to make camp happen? Or, or what do I have to do, Mom, Dad, what do I have to do to get myself to camp this year? Because I'm telling you, if you go to camp this year, you build amazing relationships with the people around you. And it's a chance for you to grow in your relationship with God like you never had before because you get away for a whole week and you're going after it. It's a follower thing. 
It, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes money to make it happen. But that's three simple, practical things that you can do. If you're, if you're saying, I want to be more than just a fan, I want to be a follower, those are three things that you can do. And so I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And as they do, I want to close out with a story. This is actually a story that was sent to me by a friend of mine. He's one of the student pastors here. And he said, man, this is just an incredible story of a student in my student ministry. He chose to be a follower over being just a fan. Even when it was tough, even when it was difficult. So I, I, he sent it to me. He emailed it to me. I just want to read it to you. The student's name is Harrison. He goes to, a, to one of our 12-stone student ministry at a campus. And he said, um, he said, when we were promoting Dig this past year, I really felt a press from God to go to Dig. So I was getting ready to sign up when I checked the date and realized that Dig weekend was the same weekend as my honors chorus commitment. I couldn't miss this particular weekend, but I felt like God was really pressing me to go. So I couldn't get away from it. I decided to sign up and go, which meant quitting honors chorus. He goes on to say, he writes a little bit more about how going to Dig was one of the marking moments in his faith. He said, God used Dig that year to change my life. He said, even though it wasn't easy to go, even though it wasn't the convenient thing to do, even though it cost me some time and some money and even one of my big hobbies, he's like, I made it happen. And sometimes, look, I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but sometimes for us to be followers, we've got to take that next step. Whatever it is for us, we've got to follow after God, take that next step for him. Man, even when it's not the easy thing, even if the crowd's not doing it. And so that is my prayer, that's my hope for you guys tonight, is that we would be a room full of people who, who aren't just fans, who aren't just here for the crowd, who aren't just here because friends are here, but we're saying, no, we're chasing after Jesus. We're in this for him. So let me pray for you guys tonight. God, we thank you so much that not only did you come here to save us, God, but you've given us the opportunity to have a relationship with you, God, to know you personally. And Across this room, God, I know that some of us are here tonight, and we would just acknowledge and say, yeah, honestly, I'm just a fan. I come here because my friends are here. I come here because uh, there's a girl or a guy I like. I just come here because it's kind of the thing to do. God, I pray that you would begin to, to move some people's hearts tonight from fan to follower. That Some people would say, you know what, I think I want to make more of a commitment to this than just coming because my friends do. I think I actually want to start learning and chasing after Jesus God, I pray for a group of us in here tonight that are wanting to be followers, but we are so close to giving up. God, there are some of us in here tonight who are so close. We started out, it was all exciting, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people around us were doing it. It seemed easy, it felt great. But now things feel different. You feel more distant. Things in our life haven't gone the way we wanted them to go. It doesn't feel like you care about us, God. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you're near to us or that you love us. And if we're honest, we're here tonight saying, I may just give up on this whole thing. It'd be easy for me just to let it go and say, I'm done with it. God, I pray for, for those of us tonight that you would draw us back to yourself. That, God, that you would remind us that you haven't gone anywhere, that your love for us hasn't changed. And that even in the midst of trials and difficult circumstances in our life, God, we can still chase after you and we'll find you. So, God, we pray that you would move every heart in here to follow you. Not merely fans, 
but followers, Jesus, who chase you no matter what. It's in your name we pray, amen.